What is up, everybody? Welcome to our podcast presented by Trainwreck Sports, where we pay the bills. Jake Micah here with, finally joined by the one, the only, the hungriest man in the world in professional eating. That we're going with now, the 19th ranked competitive yeah. eater in the world. 19th ranked professional eater in the world, the former hungriest man in professional wrestler, Megabyron. And future, I think. And future, yeah. I think. Maybe, man. We'll have to see how the back plays out. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, so get well soon. We're hoping good health to Megamite Ronnie. But Ronnie's here to join us to talk about, well, food and football. Like, the two Amer- what America's built on, food and football. But last weekend, you weren't in America. You traveled overseas. You were in the UK competing uh, in Major League Eating. So I know the results didn't go exactly the way you want, but just... How was the experience of traveling overseas and competing on an international scale? That had to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, I mean, it was nice because they treated me really good when I got over there. So, like, the Nathan's UK people and stuff like that, they were really psyched to have me. We were on a resort called the Seal Bay Resort. Like, they were extremely psyched to have me over there as well. So, yeah, I mean, I felt felt pretty good going into it. It was nice to see England, you know, check that out, eat some, eat some food and stuff like that. So, I – um I'm the type of person I just want to see everything before I pass. So I had never been to England. So getting to see that was just a, just a treat. Well, that's why you and I are friends because I'm exactly like that big experience person. So I'm glad you got to do that experience. What kind of food did you have in England? Like proper English food? What was your favorite English dish you got? You know, this is going to sound bad, but I ate a lot of fast food. So (laughs) I'm the type of person I typically eat pretty healthy so when i'm going into a competitive eating contest i like to eat greasy food just to get my Mm -hmm. stomach the greasy food so i ate a lot of fast food i tried the fish and chips man i'm not a big fish guy but i decided you know that's the big that's the big thing over there and i have to say that england is doing french fries terrible like you would think that they could hop over and talk to their neighbor but like the french fries and (laughs) hey they are they are mushy and they are unsalted and un flavorful it's just, just like a potato it's like a mashed potato almost oh. did you so did you have uh that's interesting because i did you go to like any you said you had fast food and such like that did you go to mcdonald's yeah did you go to yeah. mcdonald's so, so was got, the mcdonald's menu crazy well that, it was a little bit crazy i got like a double quarter pounder with barbecue sauce i don't know okay. thing. um what else? I get a, I got a couple of like uh, spicy chicken sandwiches. I, I don't think I got anything on the menu that's not over here. But everything, everything that uh, I ate over there tasted like it needed like a lot more salt. So I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that lack of seasoning had to come from somewhere in the United States. So if we can blame it on the English, then I'll, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that as a win for us. Uh, so yeah, so you had a, that sounds like you had a wonderful experience traveling across the pond and now you're back home 
in the state of New York, I believe. And you have Wing Fest this weekend, my friend. So Buffalo Wing Fest this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at Highmark Stadium. And are you competing in the wing competition or are you competing in the hot wing competition as well? Are you going back to back on Sunday or are you just you just taking one one competition at a time here? I don't think they'll let any of us major league eaters do like the uh, spicy challenge, but I am doing a contest okay, on good. Sunday. So there's a contest on Saturday called the Buffalo Buffet Bowl. And basically what they do is they take a, a large tray of food from Buffalo. So you normally get pizza in there, beef on whack, you get uh, pizza rolls, um, or yeah, uh, not pizza rolls, pizza, uh, pizza logs. Um, and then what else they have in there? Just a bunch of random, you know, food you would find in Buffalo. And it's the only contest that we have that is more like a sprint. So they set it up, they set up your, your buffet bowl and whoever's the first to finish wins. So there's no time limit on it. And they, once the top three have finished and they stop the contest. Okay. That's smart. And then you're doing Sunday then too, as well though. Oh yeah. Sunday, the big chicken wing contest, you know, that's, that's probably, yes. Nathan's my favorite because that's, you know, that's in my backyard uh, or it used to be my backyard. And, it's just fun to get in front of my crowd. I have a lot of family there and stuff like that. A lot of friends there. So that's always fun. And then I love chicken wings. So uh, can't go wrong when you're going to eat a couple hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the, the hometown pop's got to be good. But yeah, just eating wings. Like you're just so used to chowing down wings. Like it's got to be at least like, I don't know, like, and we've talked about this a couple of times. Like, I don't know if you enjoy taste, if you even think about enjoying the taste at all when you're in these, but wings have to be at least like, the first couple you're like it's it just feels like home kind of like feels comfort comfort food yes yeah it depends how they're sauced right so like the um uh two years ago they were real saucy so that was nice and then last year they were kind of dry so uh a lot of the times the food we eat has been sitting out for a while so if you don't have a if you have no sauce and then mm. you gotta, it's not that great uh but no it's 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 nice you know honestly i wish i I wish I somehow had two stomachs so I could go out there and try all the <laughs> that the vendors have. I do go out there after the contest and try some of them, even though I just ate a, a few hundred. Like I'll, I'll go out to the ring and uh, everybody wants to give me wings because they don't think I can eat anymore. And I'm like, yo, I could eat more. I just ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> just ran out of time. Yeah, like it, it's still going. And you're you're like as long as if you made it that many wings, you might as well just add a couple more on. Like what's it gonna What's it gonna hurt at that point? Like, oh, just oh yeah, enjoy it. that ring and people are like, "Hey, I got a peanut butter and jelly wing," and you're like, "A peanut butter and jelly wing? Like, I, I got to <laughs> try that. Like, what's you know?" Bet that that sounds fire. Honestly, I'm inter I'm very interested to see what this buffet bowl entails this week because I've like, there's got to be some good buffalo foods in there. So I'm excited to see the footage. Uh, I wish I was there. I'll be here in Chicago. I wish I could be there this weekend, but I know we will have Trainwreck Sports will be down at the Wing Fest as well. And I'm sure getting great footage of you in action, Ronnie. You're going to be down there all weekend. Uh, yeah. So check him out at Wingfest. Go down to go down to Highmark Stadium this weekend. Going to be a great time. Great way to spend Labor Day weekend. A great way to uh, support local businesses and try some new food. But we're really here to talk football. We wanted to talk wings to get start. We get your plugs out of the way. We got it. And we're going for Wingfest. Let's get into some football. The Bills, we'll talk the Bills quick. The Bills 53-man roster is set at least for now, there's been so there was some maneuvering uh, the last couple days, but I don't think there were really any big surprises. 
besides AJ Klein and David Quisenberry being released, but I think they went for younger options and I'm more than okay with that. They signed Christian Kirksey as the, as kind of a uh, insurance backup, but maybe he's a guy who once they get in the system is playing all the time. Shane Bouchelle. I don't know if you, have you, are you familiar with Shane Bouchelle from, from the college days at all? No, not so much. So I, 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 I'm a military brat. So I, I didn't really have a, like a college that I was around. Yeah. I'm not too much into college sports. Until it comes time for them to, you know, go to the NFL. Once they hit the combine, then I got to start learning about them for fantasy football. Then I start learning. <laughs> and that's why you're here, because I know that we know the work that you put in for the fantasy football, too. But so Shane Bouchelle, guy that went to Texas, uh, kind of flamed out a little bit, went to SMU, had a bit of a little better success. He'll be in here. Andy Isabella, he ends up making the practice squad. He's probably going to be on the roster week one because Justin Shorter's out with a hamstring degree. And Ronnie, we've been hyped about is I feel like we were talking about him three weeks ago in our group chat. Talking about Andy is about like hoping this guy make it. So give me your breakdown on the guy because I'm really excited about what he can bring to Josh Allen. You know, when he came out of the, you know, when he came out of college, man, this guy went into the combine and he was like a combine all-star. Like you you look at the NFL, you know, those are all top-tier athletes, but this guy has been top 99 percentile as far as a 40-yard dash goes. His speed, uh, his speed score, his uh, burst score, they're all off the charts. This guy's got all the physical tools to put it together. And let's be honest, like, do we, do we, is it possible that the Arizona Cardinals just couldn't, you know, figure out how to make him work? Like, are, are, are we just going to throw him aside because the Cardinals couldn't figure it out? I believe he was a mm-hmm. second round pick. So to have that guy in your practice squad, once he gets into the system and things like that, I'm very excited. He's going to be activated for sure some, some games this year. The Bills are very well, just the NFL in general has been so much better about making the practice squad like a a more um just more usable, like be, being able to kind of take advantage of it and everything. So I love the way the Bills use it as like bringing on a guy like Isabella and a guy like Kirksey, who you know are gonna see real minutes for this team. And if they if they perform, they're gonna get signed to a deal. We've seen them do that too. So I think Isabella has a great opportunity, like you said great pedigree as a former second round pick and the Cardinals are a fucking mess, man. Like what were they? We know what they were last year right now. Who knows who they're going to quarterback's going to be like, it's a mess. In my, in my deep dynasty leagues, I'm, I'm stashing Andy as well. Cause you know, if he can get on the field, maybe it could happen. So. Yeah. And Josh, and if Josh likes him, he's going to feed him too, but let's get into some fantasy talk. So we're about, you know, a week away. It's actually right now, like, a week and an hour away from the season starting. So this is prime fantasy draft season. You introduced me to the slow draft, actually. I've been in a slow draft for like three days today. And yeah. so, or, or three days counting today. So I've just been in drafts all week, just been thinking about fantasy football. And we know there's going to be a lot, especially this weekend over Labor Day weekend. So we want to get this fantasy prep in. And Ronnie is a fantasy football guru. This man is locked in on fantasy so i've got a lot of questions for you we're gonna play a little game too but first i just want to know who's your one one if you had the first pick in the draft who are you taking one one are we talking super flex or not super flex i would like both options because i'm a super flex fan but i know everybody doesn't play it yeah yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later so if we're going one one and super flex uh I, i gotta go with josh allen if it's a four point uh per passing touchdown league just because the Russian upside is too much there. Uh, we, they say they're going to try and ease up his load down at the goal line, but we'll see if that actually happens on game day. So, they yeah. won't be able to help it. Yeah, 1-1 one, 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 one is super flex. And that's not even the homer in me talking, but 1-1 one, one is super flex Josh Allen for me. Uh, 
the one one and non super flex. I'm actually gonna go. Uh, that's that's rough, right? So it's like, do you want Jefferson or do you want Chase? It's hard. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think I'm gonna go with Chase just because I feel like the upside's higher there. Like the uh, the Bengals offense is gonna be down in the red zone a lot more often than I feel like the Vikings mm. are gonna be down there. Um, but you you can't really go wrong with the one one either either one of the, either one of those two receivers. Uh, you're good. You is do you think that Chase will have as much volume as Jefferson this year? Um, I mean, I'm sure he will. But Jefferson, that's what I feel like the Jefferson upside of taking him one is, is you know, like he's gonna get every target from Kirk Cousins. Well, yeah, I mean, they just added a really good receiver in the first round with Addison. So that's true. Uh, that's yeah, true. but um, no. I don't know if the volume is going to be there for Chase compared to Jefferson, but I don't know if it has to be. I think those touchdowns are going to add up, um, and I think it'll work its way. I think it'll work its way out. Do I think uh, Chase is going to have more targets? I don't think so, but I still think he's going to finish higher in points. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong either with Chase Jefferson um, in those spots. I think those are the two guys I would look at. If you're playing multiple leagues, you have the one-one in, in multiple leagues. You might as well just take. One and one and one and the other. So <laughs> that's true. And hey, they're gonna. My biggest, one of my biggest tenets of fantasy too is if like there's someone you don't want to watch or a team you don't want to watch, don't take it. Both those guys, appointment viewing, damn near almost every Sunday. So definitely worth it. So we're gonna play a little game, Ronnie. Okay. We're gonna play high and low, but a fantasy edition. So I'm gonna give you a player. And I want you to tell me the highest spot you would take them and what that scenario would be and what the lowest spot you think you will be you in your the drafts you've seen or where you think you might be able to get them depending on how the board falls. So that's we're going to do that with about 10 guys or so. Sound good? That's good. Perfect. So we are starting with a high ranked guy, but someone I consider in my one one more in dynasty keeper leagues, but still a guy I think could have one one potential this year. Bijan Robinson coming out of Texas. I'm, high and low for Bijan. I'm not too high on him as far as uh as Woo! far as reading goes, just because I don't know if I can train uh, I don't know if I can trust the Atlanta offense. And I you know, That's Algiers true. can still be uh used quite a bit, I do believe. Uh you know, don't get me wrong, as far as like uh, dynasty goes, I want all the Bijan Robinson I can get. But as far as redraft goes, I, I am low on him versus his ADP. I don't have a lot of Bijan Robinson. Uh I'm you know, it really depends if you're, if you're talking PPR or not. But I feel nowadays PPR is the standard, right? Like more people are playing PPR yes. than standard now, right? So yes. I'm taking C-Mac. I'm taking McCaffrey over him. I'm taking Pollard over him. I'm taking Barkley over him. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm low. I'm low versus consensus when it comes to B. John Robinson. I think that's – I, I... – I think that's fine to do with it, especially on a redraft situation, because you just don't know what he's going to be used like. Algier is still there, obviously, um, and Cordero Patterson's probably not going to be used as much in the running game this year. But you just don't know what Arthur Smith is going to kind of want to do. I just the upside, you said in Dynasty, obviously this this oh, yeah. is like a guy who for years and years we're going to be talking about fantasy wise. I think though, and, and you know when it comes to youth, like there's always going to be somebody in your league that's going to want that youth. So if you're not if you're not high on Bijan, it's going to be hard to get him. Uh, as far as like non super flex goes, he's going at like the what 106, 107 somewhere in that ballpark. Yep. So like you you gotta you, you gotta really want him. Yep, I, I think I in that draft I was speaking of earlier, I think he went six seven right like 
pretty much right in there. That's about the range. So yeah, I feel good about that. So you could probably, that's probably the highest. The, I mean, people are probably going up four or five to get them. I think you're not going to get him past like eight or nine though. No, there's a lot of receivers. I want over him too, as far as running backs and stuff goes, like I would probably wind up taking him like mid to late second round. Um, and super flex. Sorry. Oh, my head's my, my head defaults. To super. <laughs> we can, we can default super flex because you and I are in agreement that that's the way to go. I, I oh, love a super flex league. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm taking him at the tail end of the second round of super flex and probably at the tail end of the first round and non super flex. All right, Bijan Robinson. That's where we'll go with that. So a little, a little lower than the ADP. We think that you should aim for Bijan Robinson. What about the guy you mentioned though? Oh, Saquon yeah. Barkley. I, I, I'm huge on Saquon Barkley because I believe in players playing for contracts. Right? This guy has been been strangled under. You're speaking you know, my language. Money. He's playing for money now. There's no way he's going to be a New York Giant next year. This guy is trying to get paid. In order to get paid, he's got to have the best career. You know, or sorry, the best season of his life. Yeah, uh, as far as PPR goes, he's um, McCaffrey, Eckler, him, you know, and I, I, I mm. could be, I could maybe take him over Eckler as far as PPR goes. So he's, I, I'm super high on him. If we're in a draft together and, uh, you know, it comes uh, early to mid second round, I could be taking him. But the problem is, is I'm a big, I'm a big hero RB or zero RB guy. So there's, there's a laundry list of receivers I'm taking over him. I you're you're really speaking my language for fantasy drafts and I'm kind of scared if we're going to be in a redraft league at any point in the future because that's my thing too if I can't get a stud I'm not taking them till later and Saquon the PPR thing and is very high the PPR potential but you really speaking my language when it comes to football basketball any sport contract your player it's a different animal it's a different animal and he said, like he said on the interview, I think on that podcast, because he's like, I, I, I know what I need. I know what this means for my family this season and everything else. So I think he's going to be there. Obviously, I think he's going to play because he knows how important it is and ball out. Like this guy is going to be ready. And who knows? I'm excited about Saquon Barkley this year. Let's go to a receiver, though, a receiver okay. that I'm very high on. And I wonder where he ends up on lists, depending on it's this is a team that is very well thought of right now going into the season, but I don't think they've earned that yet. Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, this man is I, okay. I, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's that's my guy. You're not getting <laughs> you're not getting St. Brown over me in a redraft, man. I I, <laughs> I I think in almost every one of my redrafts I got him. I'm, I'm especially in a one point per PPR league. I'm super in on him. Even at a half point, I'm super in on him. So what is so you is it just him? Is it like you saw last year's production and you're just like I think this guy can do this every single year no matter what? Yeah, golf is golf is uh, supported like a top tier receiver before he did it with Cooper Cup. So uh, the thing I like about St. Brown, so the way I play fantasy is like I like to draft the first three rounds to not lose, and I like to draft the rest of the draft on upside. And with a guy like St. Brown and his work ethic, like the, the production's going to be there. Uh, it's just a super easy pick to make when you just want somebody reliable. Like I'm, I'm super in on, on just the human being and it's going to translate to fantasy for sure. Uh, he's only going to get better. I like, I like people who, who play with a chip on his shoulder. The fact that he can name every receiver drafted in front of him. <laughs> like I, I'm just super in on the guy. Um, I, I think the lions are going to win that division. I think the lions are uh, going to be a much improved team. I think the NFL thinks the Lions are a much improved team where they wouldn't have them 
on, on prime time, the first game of the you know first game That's of the true. season against the Chiefs. So I think everything lines up. That defense isn't too good. They're gonna have to score points. Uh, he just lost the receiver too, and, and JMO. So uh, he's he's gonna get fed for sure. Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite players. I don't think I think I'm with you. I would take him higher than most people would think, especially receiver wise. And it's it, it's exactly what you said. It's about the person, like the guy. If you listen to his interviews, if you go look back, like he is a grinder. He's such such a great work ethic. Obviously, with his dad being a Olympic athlete and everything, they were t- taught discipline. There's some crazy stories about them working out when they were young and everything too. So yeah, this is a guy yeah. I have full faith in the rest of his career. Honestly, to be a productive guy. For sure, for sure. A guy you want on your roster, for sure. Uh, I took him in my redraft super flex, I think, at 3-3. So, uh, as far as non-super flex goes, like, I'm trying to think of some of the best ball drafts I did. I'm taking St. Brown probably around 13th or 14th pick in, uh, in, in a non-super flex. Yeah, and that's PPR, too. He's a PPR monster. Yeah. So, do you do – so do you do typically PPR or half PPR? Because I've been a half PPR guy for most like leagues that I'll set up or do. But I'd like PPR, but I feel like half is just a good – some people just despise it. So I just yeah. lead with half and go from there. No, I think half-point PPR is the way to go. So uh, the way I do it in my home league that I run, I actually do tier PPR. So every reception is worth half Ooh. a point. And then uh, every reception from zero to four yards, you tack on 0.2 points. Every reception from four to 10 yards, you act on 0.4 points and, and, and so on and so on. And then every yeah. catch over 40 yards is worth 1.5 PPR. And the reason I do this is because I don't believe that a receiver going downfield and catching a 40-yard pass should be the same amount of points that a running back in a dump off two yards behind the line of scrimmage. So, yeah. yeah. But that's, that's you know, super fancy. Not a lot of people are going to have rules like that where the, the PPR <laughs> – tears up depending on how deep the catch is uh but i yeah i want half point because that that one point just makes those dump downs just way too much way too valuable in my opinion yeah that's a that's a great way to do that i really like that tiered like with yardage and everything that's a that's a smart way to do that yeah because then you're like the austin ecklers of the world are not having the same ppr value if they're getting those kinds of catches and everything so right yeah much makes it much different league and much probably more you know realistic to what you're watching on sunday too just like from impact standpoint and everything too yeah um, it, it, travis it, it, kelsey is next oh, oh i was gonna say that, that. The, the, it really takes down Najee Harris because, like, all he catches is one yard. <laughs> like, <laughs> Travis Kelsey is the guy that I'm still in on. Uh, I think they're. Okay. What was that? I just said okay. Sorry, keep going. Oh, yeah, so Travis Kelsey is somebody I'm super in on. As far as like the tight end one goes, like the guy's finished tight end one in the last four or five years. Uh, and not only is he finishing tight end one, he's destroying the competition. Tight end two is not even close. So when you have Travis Kelsey on your team, you're at an automatic advantage. We're talking, you know, could be 10, 15 points versus the guy you're going against tight end. Uh, and, and non and non-super flex, I can see myself taking Travis Kelsey at like a one six, one seven, one five, somewhere in that ballpark. Give me the Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'll take a young receiver in the second round that's going to give me, you know, productions, the rest of those guys. So, yeah, that 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 advantage that you get from Travis Kelsey is just unmatched. There's nothing like that in fantasy football. 
yeah, he's still the cheat code. I've never been lucky enough to get my hands on him in a redraft. And it's like one of my like biggest regrets in life is that I haven't been able to just eat up those tight end points and those Travis Kelsey points. Because I think he's, I think you're exactly right. I don't expect any drop off this year. And Mahomes, he's clearly going to be Mahomes' favorite target out of that group this year. So I'm excited about that. I still think I'd take him pretty high. Another guy, I, I don't know how high, this is not a question of how high you would take him as much as what do you think his potential is? Because there's been a lot of hype coming out. I just took him in the fourth or fifth. I had back-to-back picks, so it didn't really matter. But fourth or fifth round in my draft, Calvin Ridley has been looking good with Trevor Lawrence early on. So here's here's the deal about Calvin, Calvin Ridley, right? Like, originally, I was out. I was I was out. So I started doing my best ball drafts probably around – Probably about June or July, because if you're in a form drafter, you can really take advantage of ADP in June or July. It sort of catches up once you get to August. So at that point in time, you were Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk were actually right next to each other in ADP. They were separated by one spot. That's how close they were. They were both being taken in like the fifth round, sixth round, something like that. And uh, you're, you're not getting Calvin Ridley anywhere close to that anymore. So initially I was out on Calvin Ridley. Uh, I'm probably still lower than consensus on him. I don't think I have too much, too many shares of Calvin Ridley, uh, but I'm sort of beating myself up for that. I, I, I have seen the, I've seen the tape. Uh, I've seen the plays. Uh, I did not expect somebody who took two years off football to come back and look like that. So I, I, I I'm probably lower than consensus, but I think I may get my butt whooped on this one. So, yeah. <laughs> It's it the two years away from football. I was very worried about that. I think the thing that's craziest to me is not like I, I've known the guy is talented and everything. I've had a I had a saga with him in a dynasty league where I traded him, traded back for him, traded him again with it. It's been a whole thing with Ridley. So I followed him a lot. But the trust that Lawrence seems to be showing in him, and I think that was I think it was Orlovsky that did the breakdown of it when where when he's throwing the ball and just so early and everything out of the breaks and everything like he's going to be his most trusted target immediately. And this is Lawrence was feeding Zay Jones all last year. So he's like, I love Zay Jones, but he's looking for a guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think, it, I think it's going to hurt Christian Kirk quite a bit. Cause from what I've heard, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk's going to come off the field in two receiver sets. Uh, it's going to be him and Zay. So wow. yeah, it's, uh, it's not looking good for Christian Kirk, but Calvin Ridley. Yeah. I'm, I'm lower than the most, but uh, I'm sort of regretting it in the season. Season. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mean. Go draft you some Calvin Ridley. <laughs> well, I, I I love a self-aware man here that that can that can right his wrongs or at least admit his wrongs. Let's see here. This is the first quarterback we're going into, and and it's not the obvious. You we know where you take Josh Allen. We heard that earlier. Superflex, Mahomes, obviously, whatever. Jalen Hurts though, because obviously Jalen Hurts stud last year. Yeah. Um, and I think he's still gonna put up. Probably QB three is where he is, at least on this list. He's listed as QB three. I feel like those numbers are pretty about where he will end up. But I just, I don't know. Is are there is there a potential that guys behind him could catch up, like a Burrow, a Lawrence, a Lamar, a healthy Lamar? Does that drop hurts his value in your mind compared to what he did last year? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt his value at all to me. I think uh, I think Lamar is a close four, and then I think it's sort of a gap. Um, a little bit less of a gap than six point per passing touchdown, uh, which is what I mostly play. But yeah, no, I'm super, I'm super in on Jalen Hurts because he's not even close to the ceiling yet. A lot of the games that the Eagles were in last year, once they got up big, they just sort of handed the ball off and milked the clock. 
I think that division is going to be a lot more competitive this year. I don't think we're going to have as many easy games. I don't think they're going to be able to take their foot off the gas pedal. That defense got, you know, uh, that defense got worse. He's going to have to point up the points. He's got two of the best weapons in the league in Brown and, um, and, uh, fuck. Smith. Uh, Smith. I was thinking yeah. of it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smith and Brown. And then Dallas Goddard is not somebody to be slept on either. So, yeah, I, uh, Jalen Hurts is a is a very solid QB three to me. I'm 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 big on Lamar this year, but I'm still taking Hurts over. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to trust Lamar just because when, if he's healthy, he's going to produce. But Hurts Hurts feels pretty safe in that roster, like you said, still still loaded this year. So it might not be time to cash out on Hurts yet, but I feel like that's coming. I feel like that it's going to catch up to him because I just don't think he's as good as those guys. I think their team is better right now. Like I think he's very good. I think he can be elite. I just don't see him as that level. I think he's set up in a great situation, which for fantasy, that's all that matters. That's like, it doesn't matter about that other stuff, but on the field, I feel like that's where he is. And that's where I try to like gauge it, like come in the middle somewhere. Like, um, like the, the, there used to be a big three as far as quarterbacks go. I think Lamar has made it a big four, especially with the addition of all those weapons this year. Uh, But pretty much if you're in a draft and you see Mahomes go and you see Allen go, you better pull the trigger on Hurts. You better pull the trigger on Lamar because (laughs) You know, then, then you're getting a big drop in talent. So, uh, yeah, I, I want one of those four on my teams, especially in Superflex. And non-Superflex, I, I feel like I'm taking elite quarterbacks higher than most people are just because I just um, – yeah. that that upside, like that, that consistency, that's something I want. Yeah, I had the 12th pick in a, re, the, a redraft, and I took Josh Allen 2-1 because I was afraid coming back around that the, the run was going to happen. And the, when the run coming back around, the highest guy was back. Scott so I was uh it was I was correct it was I was not I did not want Dak Prescott another guy that I think has uh some potential to maybe break into this group this maybe not this year but maybe fantasy value and I want to hear how you feel about it Justin Fields how do you feel about Justin Fields I love Justin Fields so when you get past Lamar I'm holding off and I'm waiting for Justin Fields especially when it comes to non-super flex leagues uh he, he you know once you get past those big three or big four or five or six, uh, it's it's fields for sure. Uh, I think I think so. Honestly, I love DJ Moore. Right, I've been on DJ Moore for years now. Ooh, okay. I think the addition of DJ Moore is like a a diet version of the addition of AJ Brown. Uh, I think Justin Fields is only going to make strides. Um, I was honestly looking at a bet. I was trying to figure out like I was thinking about taking the over on Justin Fields throwing for more than four thousand yards. I think he's going to take a big step forward as far as, as the passer goes. That defense is horrendous, so they're going to have to score points. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm big on Justin Fields. Um, I, I'm higher on Justin Fields. In my main, in my home league, I have Justin Fields. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm singing his praise for sure. I, I'm joining you. These, these next two are setups. They're two guys I love and two guys I follow closely here living in Chicago and uh, – dating a Packers fan. So there are two, I follow the bears, follow the Packers a lot closer than as uh, just as not as close as the bills, but right there. So fields is a guy that last year I was watching. I've, I've been a big fields fan since I'm a big college football fan. So I follow recruiting and stuff too. So since fields and Lawrence, when that, even that class was coming, I was like, Oh, these two guys, like they know my friend, my cousin's a Georgia fan. So fields went to Georgia. We followed him along. We're completely shocked. He didn't start. We're just, like Jake Fromm did great things there, whatever. It still didn't make any sense to me. And then obviously went to Ohio State, 
followed him along there. He was amazing there. I just think it was crazy to me. He got drafted late. It's crazy to me that he got, I mean, Matt Nagy, whatever was the mess that was going on, just yeah. killed him his first year. Last yeah. year felt like his rookie year. So this field feels like he can, like you said, kind of build on it, especially as a passer. Yeah, I think that division has a sneaky chance of being the highest scoring uh, division in the NFC. It's probably Ooh. the that is the NFC East. Um, you know, I think the Lions are going to be scoring points. I think the Packers are going to be scoring more points than people suspect. You know, a lot of these, a lot of the teams in the NFC North, uh, they have like no defense. So there's going to be some high scoring games. So you got to think about that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, when I'm drafting, I have a cheat sheet of uh, week 14 through 16 available to me. He's got, a, I, I want to say he's got a very good playoff schedule. I can't remember off the top okay. of my head. Yeah, so I, I'm taking honestly, I'm I'm probably taking Fields after Herbert or yeah, after Herbert, and that's probably not too much of a of a stretch, but you know because in superflex the, the quarterbacks are just going off the board right in a row, but in, yeah. in non superflex I'm gonna pull the trigger on Fields higher than his ADP just because I want him on my team, and that and that Russian uh, that Russian upside. That dude's got a high floor. Like he's gonna he's gonna put up points. He's not gonna give you a nothing burger. So that's 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 what you want, really. Which was the biggest crazy thing that Matt Nagy didn't do his first year was let Justin Fields run because the dude was a four four forty like power four five forty five star athlete quarterback yeah. coming out. Like the dude could always add the wheels. That's like, that's like having a Ferrari and I don't know not putting any gas <laughs> in. What are you doing? It's ridiculous. All right. We're staying in the NFC North, as I promised, though. Another guy I love, Christian Watson. How you, how do you feel about Christian Watson? I got him in my home league. You keep I, I hate that you keep giving me everybody that I want to go high on. <laughs> we're, we're on the same people. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm super high on Christian Watson. I think Jordan Love's going to play uh, better than expected. Uh, I think Christian Watson is just a super freak athlete. And, and now he's probably going to really be the focal point of that offense. Like, um, you know, as far as target competition goes, there's not much there. I do like Jaden Reed quite a bit. I got a lot of Jaden Reed in Dynasty. But, yeah, um, honestly, that team's got a lot of sleepers on it because, you know, Luke Musgrave is actually looking pretty good too. But, yeah, I, I'm yeah, super yeah. big on Chris Watson. Uh, I, I'm taking him way higher than most people. I think in my redraft league, when I took him, people were pretty surprised uh, about where I took him versus people on the board. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say, man. I, I just like that freaky athleticism. Uh, let's see what he can do for a full, with a full season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, the athleticism was something that I didn't even realize until like the. I mean, we saw that all. We all saw the same game last year where he started popping, and it was like, oh, I didn't even realize this guy was like capable of this. And the moment we see that, it's like the door is wide open, and loves Jordan loves going to need somebody reliable and somebody that he's going to count on. I feel like Watson's the best bet, but Musgrave too. I have a lot of I love I've got some dynasty stock in Musgrave now too, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, if you're punting tight end in your redraft league, I think I think punting tight end. So as far as tight end goes, once you get past like uh, three, depending on who you have on three, I'm punting all the way down to like yep. 12, 13, 14. And then honestly, with my last two picks, I'm probably taking two tight ends. In my redraft league, I actually took three because Sam Laporta was there in the last round. I love me some mm. Sam Laporta, so I had to I had to the third. I took uh, Dalton Schultz. I took Tyler Higby, and I was like, well, there's two solid tight ends. So so when it comes to tight end, I'm big on taking tight ends who are going to be the second option in their offense. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a, that's true for Schultz and Higby. 
And, and then when JMO goes down, I, I don't know. Like, rookie tight ends are normally not that good of a pick in fantasy football redraft, but why not? Why not with my last round pick take a take a shot on Laporta? Yeah, it's really scaring me. We're either both going to be amazing at fantasy football or terrible this year because I also took Dalton Schultz in like three leagues in the last couple of weeks. Because that's my, I, I'm, I'm a big punt tight end guy. Like, that's why I've never taken Kelsey because if I look at Kelsey and then I see like, AJ Brown or receiver, I'm just going to be more inclined to take the receiver every time. And so I, I always just punt to the tight end. So we're going to finish with two bills because we got to, this is a bills podcast. We got to finish with two and not just basic bills. We got to finish with guys who I feel like they've got high floor, high ceiling potential. Gabe Davis is the first one because who so, knows what this man's going to look like. I, I, I honestly, I, I may have more Gabe Davis in best ball. I play on underdog. Uh, like best ball mania, things like that. He may be my highest exposure as far as players go. And what's funny about that is that last year I was super out on Gabe Davis, right? He was just, <laughs> he was themed up way too high, man. This guy was going in like the third round and stuff like that. But now yeah. in, a, in, a, in a non-Buffalo league, you didn't Gabe Davis at like uh, seven or eight. And we're talking about a, a healthy Gabe Davis, also a guy playing for a contract uh he he is man when you look at the people being drafted around him pulling the trigger on gabe davis is a very easy choice i feel like just the you mentioned the touchdowns earlier uh for chase i feel like the touchdowns for gabe could be huge this year and being healthy is so much that's the biggest thing about gabe's production last year that people just don't talk about is a high ankle sprain for any football player is tough to get over during the season for a wide receiver. And then he came back after two weeks. He didn't sit six weeks like he should have. He came back after two and, and toughed it out. And that clearly had an effect on just even the routes they were letting him run, not even his play, just even what they were letting him do. So I think that's, that's the biggest reason like you should be higher on him because everybody's low on him because they think, Oh, the production wasn't there, but there's like clear context for why the production wasn't there last year. I think in fantasy, honestly, there's a it's a, a big problem that people have is that looking on past data way too much, especially last season True. data. You're what you're doing in fantasy is you're trying to project this year's data. And if Gabe Davis stays on that field, he's gonna blow his ADP out of the water. Like that's an easy selection. I didn't get him in my redraft because it's a Buffalo league, so I probably <laughs> really don't get a lot of Buffalo Bills in my redraft league. So I could somebody pull the trigger wait, you know, before me, but in a non-Buffalo league, I'll have Gabe Davis. I love that. All right, so we got to finish up with James Cook because I feel like this is a high-ceiling running back, high-floor running back, depending on usage. But the, yeah. the explosive runs he had last year and just if he has a higher usage rate, if he is the really the RB1, like it doesn't have to be you know 70% of the carries, but if he is defined as the RB1, getting that RB1 usage, I feel like he could be – he has to be a higher he has to you have to feel better about him than Devin Singletary the last three years. But how high do you how good do you feel about James Cook going into the year in this offense? Man, you know, early, you know, June, July, man, this guy was going in like the ninth round. I think everybody was scared of a draft, you know, a drafted uh running back or a free agent running back or something like that. So uh they're not drafted, but you know what I'm saying? Like they they were scared of the yeah, I got you. Damian Harris. You know. Where he's going now is too rich for my blood, to be honest with you. I, I, agree. I think that backfield is going to be way more than a committee than what we're anticipating. Uh, I, I'm i kind of high on Latavius Murray. Like, I, I'm higher mm-hmm. on Latavius Murray than a lot of people. I, I think I think there's a chance that he's just a better running back than Damian Harris, and, and I think the Bills are going to play the better running back. 
I think Latavius Murray is going to vulture a lot of touchdowns away. I, I, I think the fact that the third running back in Murray is so good is what, what has me down on Cook. I, I hate to, I don't want to talk bad about Cook because I was excited about the pick. I'm excited about the player in real life. But as far as fantasy goes, he's really getting smoked up because a lot of those late round running backs, they all have something real, you know, more negative than what James Cook has. So his value is he just keeps rising and rising and rising. And when ADP starts going up like that, it starts rolling like that. A lot of times I think players get oversteamed. And I think right now, our, you know, people drafting right now, I, I think it's too rich for my blood. Fade the public, basically, is what you're saying. I, once that I, once that public I, rises, like, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I'm super big on on uh, playing ADP. So, like, I, if somebody, you know, if, if there's bad news on somebody and, and they're slipping around or two, they're not getting past me, right? So, yeah, I, I I'm I'm fading the noise. He's gotten too rich for my blood. You know, people have hyped him up too much. Um, but as a Bills fan, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I agree. I, I hope there's like 11 touchdowns in there and uh, <laughs> yeah. 1,100 yards or whatever he's got to do. Um, all right. So before the, before we go, thank you so much again for joining, Ronnie. What is your just one – what's one sleeper, one piece of advice, like one person you're looking for that you maybe can get late in drafts or somebody even higher in drafts that you – like you said, you mentioned a couple of people you're taking higher than other people. Like someone we haven't talked about, who is who's a couple or one or two guys that you are just locked in on this year? Give me a second here. Uh, yeah, no problem. Well, I, I probably have Jalen Warren in every one of my leagues. Uh, so as far as as far as Jalen Warren goes, I think he's a better running back than Najee Harris. I think if both those players were drafted in the same round that Jalen Warren would be starting right now. I think the only reason Najee Harris is starting is because that draft, the, um, round one draft capital. It's kind of hard for an organization to, to bite the bullet on that. Um, and here's what I really like about Jalen Warren is that you're able to play Jalen Warren uh, in your flex position because he's not just a pure handcuff. I, I, when it comes to handcuff running backs, I want guys who are going to get on the field regardless if the starter is missing games or not. So with Jalen Warren, that's a guy that you can put in your flex and sort of feel comfortable about. Uh, so super big on Jalen Warren. As far as tight ends go, I, I'm big on Sam Laporta. I'm, I'm throwing a lot of da- daggers on Sam Laporta at the end of drafts. And here's the thing that – here's a real big thing about Sam Laporta is he's got the Chiefs in week one. So if you're just looking for mm. a tight end to start in week one, take Sam Laporta in, in the last round of your draft, and, and they're playing the Chiefs. They're gonna, it's going to be a 40-40 to 40 game. Like, yep. All in the end zone? Probably. Uh, and here's another one. You know, I wasn't big on him coming out of the draft, but Tajay Spears has shown me a lot as far as the the preseason and offseason goes. So if if Henry goes down, it, it sort of looks like that's going to be Spears' backfield. So that's that's a guy that um I'm looking for. My my draft strategy when I go into fantasy football drafts is I always go always I always go weak at RB two. So I always go high on receivers and I go week on RB2 and then once he gets about round 12 in the in the draft I'm taking four or five running backs so there's, there's a handful of guys there I'm taking that I'm happy about uh you know Warren and Spears a lot of people are high on Jerome Ford but if you're playing in a home league people may not be high or people may not even know who Jerome Ford is we're talking about a guy who's gonna be a bell cow running back for the Browns um mm-hmm. if Chubb goes down so yeah a lot of those a lot of those running backs uh, as far as quarterback goes, let me try and think one. Um, 
I like Matt Stafford, to be honest with you. So here's the thing about Matt Stafford is that that defense isn't going to be good. So they're going to be playing from behind quite a lot. Uh, he's got one of the best receivers to, you know, in the NFL to throw to. Tyler Higby's no, no slouch. I don't like any of the running backs in that backfield. So I think the fact that the Rams are going to be playing from behind so, so much. And, like, Stafford is one of the last quarterbacks taken taken in the draft. So that's a real easy, easy dart throw for you. Uh, as far as receivers go, Deontay Johnson. This man has slept on every year. Yeah. Like, I, I have so much Deontay Johnson. You, you think this man, this man can't regress as far as touchdowns go? He had zero last year. You think Deontay Johnson's going to go another season? <laughs> and I here goes another quarterback sleeper. I, I'm I, I, I'm higher than most on Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett's yes. better this year. I, I think those I think the Steelers are going to be a lot better than people expect. Uh, so give me all the Deontay Johnson I can because people are just people are just asleep at the will when it comes to that guy. And, and the Pickens hype has probably pushed down Deontay Johnson. Mm, uh, good call. But but because you know the highlight catches that Pickens makes. So go ahead and take that de- discount and take you know Deontay Johnson. Once once he gets close to his ADP, he's better. He's much better than any receiver out there. Uh, and and then you know if I'm it depends what the audience is, but Darren Waller as well, right? Like Darren Waller is going to be the man in New York. Like there is no yeah. other receiving option that's even close to Darren Waller. He's easily the tight end three for me. A lot of people have him at tight end four, tight end five. Once I see Andrews go off the board, probably about two rounds later, I'm looking for Waller. And I, I think that's about higher than most people. So um, if you're looking at the board around round four, I want to say, and you don't like what's there, just take Darren Waller because that man's going to get fed. I love that about Waller, but it's very fitting that we're wrapping this podcast up with you bringing up Kenny Pickett and the Steelers because as you were talking about Deontay Johnson, as you were talking about quarterback, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm rolling with Kenny Pickett this pick because yeah. I, that's my guy, my sleeper. And everything you said, the Steelers are going to be better. Pickett has yeah. looked – he's just – He's just decisive. The dude's confident and decisive, and he has an arm. Like, he's accurate and has enough of a, an arm that he can make throws. Like, that. Like he has all the tools. And like you said, Deontay Johnson, if he's he, – his value is getting pushed down. That guy is a, can be a reception, but he could have 100 catches and, like, eight touchdowns this year, though. I would not be shocked. Easily. Yeah. And, and, and as far as, as, far as uh, uh, Kenny Pickett goes – I don't think a lot of people realize this, but there's a lot of rushing upside there. That guy's an athletic quarterback. Like he, he's, he's going to get you some yards on the ground. So yeah, that's, that's, that's an easy one, especially where where he's going, the quarterbacks that are going around him. It's he's going like quarterback, I don't know, 20 somewhere in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. He's a real easy pick when it, when it gets around that range for sure. Yeah, go look up the fake slide if you haven't seen it. Kenny's Kenny's got the swag. He'll make you miss. All right, Ronnie, thank you so much. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, another thing that I like about Pickett, and here's the funny thing. I, I, I'm the type of person that I learn from my mistakes. I wasn't I wasn't in on St. Brown <laughs> last year. I got I am so in on St. Brown this year, right? I was not in on Kenny Pickett at all coming out of the draft. But you know that mental fortitude has got to be there. A lot of people would have let that baby hand stuff really get to you. And I don't think that man – missed the beat like he is just so uh determined and just so focused on, on what he's got to do so I, I like that in my players yeah i I've, i'm really high on kenny pickett and honestly just the steelers if you, if we're talking about futures afc north futures in general if you want to take a stab at a, a late a, a lower division odds team the steelers are that team because who knows with in, injury wise with the the 
Ravens and new offense, everything else. The, the Bengals defense is not going to be as good as people think this year. I really think they're going to take a step back. And I think that that division is going to be that division is the AFC North, NFC North are going to be so much fucking fun to watch this year. They're going to go to war. The AFC North is sort of looked at as like this ground and pound, like super tough defense uh, <laughs> division. And it's going to be like an air it out. They're going to be flying division this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Did you see the stat about the Browns and Watson ha- having him an empty in the, in preseason? I think uh-huh. they had him an empty, like 48% of the snaps that he took. And he did not do that last year at all. Like Stefanski's just like, okay, we're scrapping our whole offense and building it around Watson. So I'm I'm in agreement with you. Like the Browns are going to open it up. Pickett's going to be dishing around, and then we know what we know what Burrow can do. And Lamar's in a passing offense now. Like they're going to be spread out and dishing it. Yeah, it's going to be a blast, man. It's going to be a fun fantasy season too. Thank you, Ronnie, for joining us. We paid the bills. We're going to go home now. We're going to go. We're one week away too. One yeah. week away from actual football and next week on this show we will be previewing an actual regular season nfl game and i cannot wait rob ryan's coming on ronnie to talk about the jets you know that'll be lit so uh thank you guys for joining thank you ronnie go see him at Wingfest this weekend go check him out on twitter at megabyte ronnie and on youtube doing all sorts of challenges i watched your Mountain Dew challenge yesterday or two days ago that you posted and I felt sick myself. So I don't know. You, you said, I saw you say that you took a nap after I'm not surprised. Yeah. Good. I, I nap and then woke up and went to sleep. Like I was out, dude. <laughs> Rest Bro, of the day. Well, yeah. That's me with like one Mountain Dew. So I can't even imagine 12 at once, but you'll go check him out. He's doing he's doing stuff like that all the time on his YouTube channel and on his Twitter. We thank you so much, Ronnie, for joining. We paid the bills. Next week is real football. Peace.